welcome back to Bird Watching. I'm your host, Randy, and this is a podcast about the cultural impact and legacy of the crow. And if you're listening to this on October 30th, 2021, the release date, um, it's our two-year anniversary. I've been doing this show for two years, which is crazy. There was a plague in the middle of it, and there kind of still is one, so I didn't do as much as I wanted to. But also, I'm very grateful for this project. It keeps me sane. Um... So anyway, today's episode, if you couldn't tell by the title, is about the mysterious life of the Skull Cowboy, who is a character that was in the original comic book, cut from the movie, and then added back in various pieces of Crow media since then, and has remained a weird part of of the lore, if you will, of what it means to be a story in this uh, lineage of Crow stories. It's been a buck wild week. We'll get more to that at the end. Um... But for now, I hope this episode brings you some Halloween joy, and we get to delve into one of the weirdest parts of the of the crow mythology. So let's get into it. In the original graphic novel by James O'Barr, the Skull Cowboy appears two or three times, each in these sort of half-remembered dreams slash limbo world sequences slash memories slash... I don't know, it's very dreamy, um, and very up to your interpretation. But the first time is when Eric is on a train in one of these dream limbo sequences, and he sees a horse get caught in barbed wire, and then he turns back um, his attention to the Skull Cowboy, who um, is there to punch his ticket. Um, Literally, that's as literally as we can be in these sequences. That's not like... I just realized it made it sound like he was going to fight him, um, which, uh, one of the only people who isn't going to fight him. (laughs) He also appears, um, later on in a flashback sequence to the, um, attack that took Eric and Shelley's lives, and later he appears at the very, very end when Eric, in, um, sort of a last act, a last metaphorical act, I suppose, uh, shoots the horse that's in the barbed wire, putting it out of its misery, and the Skull Cowboy tells him a nice shot. Um, this is all very vague in the book, but he's kind of viewed as, like, a an, an underworld guide, almost like a Charon figure, like the, the boatman to Hades. Um, again, it's not a super clear-cut reading, but not the point. The Skull Cowboy is undeniably a super cool character. He's got quippy one-liners, a badass western duster coat, and a cowboy hat, and he's literally a skeleton, which I just like skeletons, so I'm predisposed to like him. (laughs) Um, He also serves as, like, a guide to the guides. Um, He kind of, like, is in charge of the literal crows, um, like the birds that fly around and help out our protagonists at any given point. In some mythologies, again, this has been played with so many times over the years, but that's kind of like the original, like, uh, sense that I get from him. And he's kind of the Charon figure, kind of the guide to the guides, so on and so forth. So when The Crow was chosen to be adapted into a film, the choice was to bring the Skull Cowboy with it to the screen. And if you've seen the movie, you know that there is no Skull Cowboy in the movie. So what happened? 
everything was in place. They came up with a really awesome, probably very expensive costume with like great prosthetic makeup. Michael Berryman, who is probably most famous for The Hills Have Eyes, was cast to play him, and they even shot a few scenes. Uh, but where did he go? There are conflicting reports about why the Skull Cowboy is not in the movie, um, one of which I can debunk right now. Um, some people think that most of the scenes with him were left for after Brandon Lee died. There's only one case where this could be true, and there are two of the deleted scenes that you can find around on YouTube and other various places on the internet, so not quite the whole truth. I think there's maybe one that they might have filmed on days when Brandon wasn't in makeup, which, as we know, are the only scenes that they had left to shoot when, uh the unfortunate incident occurred. So, eh. I think the biggest one is the the choice to streamline the magical elements of the movie and kind of tone down the supernatural in favor of the more gritty, um, noir-grounded feel. There were several other characters that were more involved in the occult, more involved in magic in previous drafts of the script. Um, There was, like, this weird kind of cliche Asian stereotype samurai wizard character that Brandon Lee um, asked to be cut because it wasn't great. And it's true, it wasn't, um, which they obliged, thank God. Um, it was not a great choice. So the supernatural elements getting toned down d- kind of may leave no place for a talking cowboy who's a skeleton But I do really like the Skull Cowboy scenes that we have deleted footage of. My favorite being, and the one that I think would be the most interesting in the film, is after Eric has killed all the gangs, but Sarah gets captured by Top Dollar and he goes to the church to rescue her. Um, The Skull Cowboy kind of stops him on the steps and is like, Hey, your job's done. You can't interfere with the living anymore. And Eric is like, I don't know about that. It's not that simple. I really appreciated that scene. I think it adds a lot. Um, but again, if it had just happened with no other context, that would be weird. And since, uh, the Skull Cowboy just wasn't working with what they wanted to do with the film, and they wanted to soften everything in the wake of Brandon Lee's death, um, I think there was a lot more, I really do think it would have been a much more, like, cynical movie if Brandon had not passed. Would it have been better? I don't know. Um, but either way, we got the movie that we got, am I right? So... Uh, yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it would work with what was eventually released. So I can totally understand cutting it. Michael Berryman is in the Cursed Films documentary episode about The Crow, which I really, really enjoyed. I tweeted about it when it came out. Um, and he has nothing but great things to say about Brandon and, um, discusses a little bit of the process of being Skull Cowboy. The Skull Cowboy does finally make a screen appearance in 1998 with The Crow's Stairway to Heaven. We haven't covered it on the show yet, but it was the Canadian TV series that ran for a season starring Mark Dacascos. It's the only other on-screen adaptation of the Eric Draven arc of The Crow. Um, And The Skull Cowboy appears in it twice. He's in episode 8, Give Me Death, and episode 14, It's a Wonderful Death. Um, in his first appearance, he chats with Eric about being his ticket off the mortal coil, kind of does the Charon underworld boatman thing, and urges him to abandon the world of the living to move on and be with Shelley, because his mission is done. Not unlike his cut appearance in the first film, that final sequence on the steps of the church. Um, and then the episode becomes about Top Dollar escaping an asylum, and, um, something? We'll get there. We're gonna talk about it. Not the point of today's show. 
And then he appears again in episode 14 when Eric is in jail. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he gets framed for Shelley's murder super briefly in the show. It's a minor plot line. <laughs> um, the Skull Cowboy puts him in a time loop in a be careful what you wish for scenario. Um, hence the episode title, It's a Wonderful Death. We get it. <laughs> Um, it's definitely a different take than anything that had been attempted prior. He doesn't look like a living skeleton. It's Kadeem Hardison, who you might know from A Different World or White Men Can't Jump or the Spike Lee film School Days. Um, and he's kind of in a, a kind of cowboy outfit. He's got a fringe jacket and a hat. Um, I really like Kadeem's performance as this gold cowboy. He switches from like kind of lightly taunting joking to like morbidly serious in an instant. And it's really cool. And the Skull Cowboy slots in really well with Stairway to Heaven's take on the mythology, which takes the opposite route of the movie and makes the crow a supernatural monster of the week crime fighter a la Buffy. It's full of magic and weird creatures and multiple people coming back from the dead. And there's a lot of stuff in the afterlife. Shelley's a prominent character. It's not half bad. Stairway to Heaven is definitely constrained by budget and what you could show on TV at the time, and some of it feels really kind of toothless and fluffy, especially in comparison to other adaptations in both movies and comics. And it was definitely a bold choice to just redo the movie for the first two episodes when you can't do the movie on TV without censoring. I think it does some good stuff. And of course, we're going to have like a whole mini-series on the show, on this show. Um, but that's like a little taste before we get there. And again, I think Kadeem is really awesome. Also, he was in Static Shock, which is one of my favorite superhero cartoons growing up, so that's also very rad. So that's the only appearance of the Skull Cowboy on screen. But he's popped up in the comics every once in a while. He cameos in the Hack and Slash crossover with the Crow... So that was the only appearance of the Skull Cowboy on screen. But he's popped up in the comics every once in a while as well. He cameos in the Hackslash crossover with the Crow, sending someone back to the land of the living to rein in an out-of-control Crow avatar. And he cameos in Levy, overseeing a safe return to the land of the dead from one of the Crows in that book. He's even smiling in the latter and wearing an adorable little conductor's hat. Um, Tim Seeley also does the thing where he makes a more like concrete mythology for the crow and has certain trademarks that come back in his writing of the work, all of which I really enjoy. I think he does a great job with it. And of course, we'll get into those more in depth later, but there are some other Skull Cowboy cameos in the crow comics. Sometimes all it takes is being a cool skeleton with a cool hat and a cool job to be a memorable character. And luckily, the Skull Cowboy is tied to classical archetypes in his, um charming personality, uh, made him iconic enough to be adapted in multiple different ways, and kept him at legend status with fans of this material. He may not be in the most popular piece of the Crow story, the movie, but he was so missed from it that he continuously wound up in other chapters of the story, and that's part of being an impact and part of having a legacy. That brings me to the end of my history of the Skull Cowboy, but unfortunately I do have something else that I want to talk about on the show this week. The elephant in the room has been the horrible death of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer killed on the set of the film Rust by a gun accident. Um, this, of course, has led to an uptick in conversation about what happened on the set of the first Crow film with um, Shannon Lee, Brandon's sister, and Eliza Hutton, Brandon's fiance, issuing public statements and once again advocating for on-site weapon safety. 
Um, there is absolutely no reason something like this should have happened again, and I can't imagine the emotions that everyone is feeling right now. I've included the GoFundMe link to support Helena's family in the show notes, and it's also on the Birdwatching Twitter page. Um, I can only hope that we never have to read this headline again. Um, I've said from the offset, I've never wanted birdwatching to be a true crime story um, about what happened to Brandon, but unfortunately this was just something that I couldn't avoid talking about this week since it's probably the most media coverage anyone has given to the crow in a long time, and unfortunately it's for this reason. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the show. I'll be back soon with coverage of The Crow, The City of Angels. That's our next series. And I do have plans for a Christmas special this year, too. Um, Please stay safe and take care of each other. And until next time, we'll see you soon. All writing and research on birdwatching is done by me. And all the music in this episode was also done by me.